You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Grace. Hey, it's Sarah. Hey, it's Chelsea. And today we are going to do another spooky episode for this spooky season that's now upon us. Finally, October. Thank gosh. Long wait for that. (laughs) I don't know where September went, though, honestly, personally. I don't know where the summer went. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I'll I'll take the summer back, please. Yeah, I know where September was. I I can remember a lot of September. (laughs) (laughs) No, everything is just moving so fast. I feel like it always does at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So today we are going to focus on an urban legend in PA. I've never heard about it. I came across it. It's about Katie's Church. And this legend originated in the 1800s, apparently, quote unquote, regarding a woman named Katie Van Dyne who lived in the Millville area. And I really never heard of this borough, but it is located in Columbia County, which is part of the Bloomsburg Berwick Micro politan statistical area so grace i'm assuming you know where that is right i do i'm familiar with the town but i've actually never heard of this church and sir are you also familiar with that area i feel like you are yeah i growing up friend of mine her dad was a pastor and after when we were like seven her dad took a church in millville so was it katie's church it was not it was not and it's there's some some bad news that went down there so we're not going to talk about the church but and darren you can cut that a little bit have you heard of this church i have never heard of katie's church okay so i'm pumped i like creepy urban legend things so perfect okay so there are a couple theories surrounding this katie woman but there's not public records to back up the so-called theories that we're going to go over so just keep that in mind and all of them are kind of like similar and it all focuses on this woman named katie one legend says that katie was an unmarried woman who ended up pregnant back then that was really not a good good combination and she became ostracized by her people and her community basically think of the book the scarlet letter that's the first thing i thought of so obviously with this negative attention katie was struggling it is said she hung herself from a tree at her church which coincidentally is located on katie's church road and we'll go over that a little bit later yep so her her name and i just want to point this out for people listening in case they didn't notice the title Her name is spelled K-A-T-Y, right? Yeah. That just seems like a unique spelling of Katie. Is that just, like, common from the 1800s? Her real name was Catherine. I think Katie was kind of just, like, a nickname. Okay. I have a friend, Kathleen, who goes by Katie and spells it this way, but with an E on the end. Ah. So, maybe. I don't know. I've just never seen that spelling, and I thought it was interesting that Katie's Church Road is spelled the same way as Katie's actual name. We'll get over that. It's going to come up. Okay. (laughs) Um, So then Legend 2, or like, I mean, they're all basically the same thing, but version. Let's say version 2. Okay. Uh, This one claims that Katie was engaged to a soldier. He went to war but was killed in battle. Again, consumed by emotions, Katie hung herself from a tree at her church. But in this legend, she was dramatically wearing her wedding dress when she hung herself which of course that makes for a good story (laughs) of course 
There's always a woman in white. There's always a ghost in a white dress or a black dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. Or red so, if they're feeling spicy. That's true. <laughs> but I've that's never true. heard of like a ghost in like a turquoise dress, but somebody proved me wrong. <laughs> you know what? Just make that your goal whenever you leave the earthly plane and become a ghost. Just I will blue. be the glitter ghost. That's what they will know me. That's actually <laughs> very true. Yes. Well, yes. It's funny that you said that because there are some people that claim that they do see a figure in a white dress. And as you say, it's always like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're not a history buff like myself, I will let you in on a little secret. There are four wars fought in the 1800s in the U.S. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly which one because, like, don't really know the exact date of quote unquote this theory. So during the 1800s, we had the Civil War, the War of 1812, the Mexican-American War and the Spanish-American War, which all spanned like different time frames, you know, in the 1800s. So sure. Could have been either one. So then the last version of the legend says that Katie was actually a mistress to a local married man. Over time, she became pregnant and the man did not want his wife to find out. Instead of being honest, he claimed that Katie must be a witch because that just makes sense. She's a witch. Yeah. But we know, you know, kind of back then, the witch uh, frenzy was kind of happening at that time frame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they hunted her down, dragged her from her bed, and hung her from a tree at the church. So... Okay. Yeah. So, basically, all these versions are alleging that she was killed by hanging at a tree at this church. Over the years, there have been multiple paranormal sightings at the church. People have reported seeing blood drip from the windows of the church, a noose hanging in the tree by her grave, and I've even seen Katie's apparition along the road or the cemetery. There have also been reports of people hearing strange noises and screams coming from the church. Local lore claims that if you were to stand on her grave and knock on the tree where she was hung, her ghost will appear and walk to you. Some of them state that she's in a dress, some don't, but the sighting will only occur during the night of a harvest moon. I I am not a paranormal skeptic. Well, I approach a lot of paranormal things with skepticism, but I fully believe that there are paranormal entities that exist, um, which is why I think I approach it with skepticism a lot, because I want to find the truth. So I want to look at all of the possibilities. I feel like every time there is an urban legend, whether it's, you know, a ghost or a creature or, you know, just a an air of something, whatever. It's always like these very super specific times that you have to do something like jump on your left foot and spin in a circle 27.8 degrees and then you'll see the ghost. But only if the moon is above you at a 45 degree angle, like it, it always seems like it's some sort of crazy, you know, like you have to stand on the grave, knock on the tree only on the night of a harvest moon. Yeah. Like I just, I think those are always interesting and they always pop up in these stories oh i don't know i love how specific things have to be for certain paranormal experiences because then i feel like they can if you say oh nothing happened they could be like oh because you must not have done something right right there's so many ways to explain it away if you don't experience something exactly yeah yeah so uh, there's a family member that I caught on a lot of like blog posts or anywhere you could like make comments on websites. I saw and sometimes they'd be anonymous, sometimes they wouldn't. And they also have their own website. Everything will be linked. But basically, um, this is a quote from... 
Katie Van Dyne's descendant, and her name is May Shetler, and she's a like a great 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 granddaughter, I believe. And it's posted on Pennsylvania Haunts and History Blog. She basically said Catherine Van Dyne attended services there until her passing at 87 years old. Since its closing in 1969, the urban legends surrounding Katie's church have given birth to increased incidences of vandalism, tales of hauntings, and even a horror novel. But as with most legends, these tales are simply not based on fact. The only haunting comes from the young people in search of an adventure who are being fined for trespassing and destruction of private property. That's so sad. I feel like you find that in almost all supposedly haunted places. There's so much vandalism. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Centralia, they had to close that highway because... You know, there was so much it's private property now and there was so much vandalism and they're like, I'm tired of this. It's just it yeah. sucks because it, there's such cool places to see, but people just are disrespectful. Yeah. In high school, it was like the thing to go to Penhurst because I live have always lived near Penhurst and right. just people trying to break in. I think it's harder now since obviously it is now an attraction, though I think you can probably still get to some parts of it more easier than you should right and i just thought it was disrespectful it was never something i really wanted to see like who wants to see that but yeah it used to be like a thing even before my time i think even with like my, my sister's 10 years older it's like big for her too and they're they're not even i mean i don't feel like she's as close as like i am but you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. it's just a thing i don't know always kind of blew my mind like if you're gonna go in there to look around don't leave anything behind I mean, I'm not suggesting anyone trespass, but just so many people have ruined it already. So people go there and like take stuff to drink or have little parties. And that's half the time why they get caught and they'd get in trouble and they'd get fined. And um, yeah, it's not worth it. I don't know. No, nope. I feel really bad for the family. We'll talk a little bit more about them, too, later. And you can just tell that, you know, they're not digging the whole local lore as much as some other people might. Right. Sure. As she said, this urban legend draws in young people, which leads to vandalism, which in turn has really become a problem, not only for the family, but the community. They put a fence around the church and even have cameras on the premise. Um, Today, the church is a functioning church, but it's not like functioning like a church that maybe I go to, if that makes sense. They don't have service every week, from what I can tell on their Facebook and from other comments made by people actually that live in the community. I think they might have service every other week and they have events in the community, like little small festivals and stuff like that. That's kind of a tradition that they still hold. And they do have an active congregation. So like the same people that come back. It is well known as Katie's Church, but it was built in 1869. And the actual name of the church is the Emmanuel Lutheran Church. But even their socials, they go by Katie's Church, which I feel like if you don't like the local legend, why feed more into it? That's an interesting point. I'm wondering that as well. Yeah, like their Facebook will bring up They haven't really been active this year. They were active up until last year. I'm not sure why, but they'd bring up any time the church would get vandalized and like let their congregation know like if it was closed or like what happened. But I, but in my mind, I'm like, it's not the real name of the church and you're keeping it like the local legend thing. Like, uh, I don't know. I wonder if it's one congregation between a couple different church buildings. Um, like I know in small towns that can be common. Um, the town I grew up in had, 
at one point, like five different Methodist churches. And as people stopped going to certain churches, they would kind of combine. And so they would maybe share a pastor. So it might alternate week to week. And so maybe the Facebook page was specific to, hey, our congregation is Emmanuel Lutheran Church, but that building is Katie's church. That's kind of the only thing I can think of or that the Facebook page was existing only for like a tourism sort of thing. But you said they were actually posting church updates. Yeah. So I I have to wonder if it's something like that where they just share a congregation and then maybe the page exists to be clear about which building of that congregation you know, the vandalism is there or it's closing or whatever. I have no idea. And it doesn't like, I feel like they get likes, but I feel like it doesn't have as many. Like if I look at, if I were to look at my church's socials, they'd have a lot more interaction. I feel like there's not a lot of interaction really at all, other than like some likes here and there. But then again, it is definitely different than like the mainline area that I go to church in. Yeah. So it could also just be, who the congregation and membership is made up of. True. Um, Because I know like the church that my dad was at four or five years ago, not as many of the congregation members were on Facebook. So like their Facebook page itself was not overly active. Whereas like the church that I go to most often has a huge population of like millennials So we're always all on our phones. So, you know, there's a lot of, it's also just a much larger church that I go to, but um, it's, I I wonder if it's also part of like an age thing that a lot of them just aren't on Facebook. When I was a kid and I lived in Danville, which is very close to this Millville, but I went to a little church and a little brick building and most of the people that went there, I mean, probably even still don't really participate in social media. I can just imagine that's how I imagine this church to be with a small congregation. I guess I'm just like applying my own memories to it. But I assume it's probably a lot of older people is just, you know, I don't know. That seems like who would go to one of those tiny little churches. Yeah. And I probably just don't understand because like I'm I've never been in that type of church, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. Um, so the actual address of the church is 440 Katie's Church Road, Muncie, PA, 19756. It is officially on Katie's Church Road. One thing that I did confirm is this Katie Van Dyne, she actually is buried at this church by a tree. So that part of the legend is true. At least she's buried near the tree, so you don't have to reach super far to knock on the tree. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be difficult. Super convenient. So legend says that her marker is the only one facing an opposite direction. Multiple people have gone and confirmed that it is not facing the same direction, but a family member claims that it's not Katie's specific marker, that it's Katie's family's marker, if that makes sense. I've never heard of them before, but apparently that's like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it's like a whole family plot and the stone that like designates the plot, I'm assuming, is what you're talking about. Okay. Yes, Yes. 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 And that's one not facing the right way. Okay. But Katie's is all in line with the rest of her family. So the tree that gets referred to is a white oak tree. Uh, There's one visitor who claims that the tree would have been 
too small in the 1800s to support her if someone were to actually hang. Yet, I don't really know how to, like, count the age of a tree other than cutting it and counting the rings at the trunk, but apparently there are equations that you can do to figure out an age of a tree. But, like, where am I going to get that from? And I wasn't driving all the way there to just get that measurement. (laughs) Right. And I, I feel like even a measurement like that can't be super exact because if you've got a drought year it's not going to grow the same way as if it has a fairly normal year versus like a super swampy year so and it's pennsylvania so we have all of them (laughs) yeah you get every season every day for about half the year so you estimate a tree is seven years old and you're like actually it's 637 years old (laughs) it's been 89 years Well, there is like, so a person did go out and I guess visit the church and stuff and took pictures, but like their website is super like, hey, you can't use any of our stuff. It all has like, uh, what is it like trade? Copyright? Yes. On it. Oh, but they got, I see. They got some, I, so I didn't want to link any of their pictures, but we'll obviously link the links to website? all. Yeah. Link the links. Yep. Yeah. Those things. Will do. And it just has so many beautiful pictures of the area and the church and the cemetery and everything. Um, So if you're interested, look at them. I didn't want to pull them. In 2002, L.A. Flick wrote a mystery book called Katie's Church, which recounts the story. And some think that's where the rumor started. But the rumor started well before that um like i said i looked up a couple blog posts and a lot of the commenters be like hey we've lived in this area since like the 60s 70s we've known this when we were little definitely didn't start with the book well and what's more likely that an urban legend existed for a while so someone wrote a book about it or that someone wrote a book and then all of a sudden people start believing that it existed for hundreds of years yeah like this is no, a it makes more sense if it exists and then someone writes about real it. Real chicken like, and egg situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the reviews on Amazon claim that this book is just a modern take on a local legend. And it's like, it's not exactly like the legend, but similar. I don't know. It's interesting. I, if you're interested, look it up. It's just, it's very different. It's basically, I'm like trying to get like the gist of the story. Kid is like getting abused, lives near a church where, you know, a woman was hung and like is, I think, connecting with her. I believe that's like the gist of it. So it's like definitely very more modern. Like a very maybe dramatized story based Mm -hmm. very loosely off of a real legend. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. So have at it as you will. Like I said, I found a lot on a haunted history blog. Um, and Katie's great, great, great granddaughter was the one talking. She says that the church that is known as Katie's church is the reason why is Katie donated the land to the church. So oh. Katie and her family immigrated here from Germany. They were from Germany and they had a lot of land and According to the family, the closest church was 15 miles away from the Van Dyne property. So Katie donated this land back then because horse and buggy were kind of the primary way of travel. Like during, you know, bad seasons, it's hard to get to. And back then, church was like a huge part of your life, which I mean, to some people it still is, but you get what I mean. So they donated this land and the family said that the church was like super well received within the community. Her real name was... Catherine, I've seen it spelled with a C or a K. I think it'd be a K because she goes by Katie with a K. Not necessarily. Oh, you um, think? I work. I work with a woman whose birth name is Catherine, and it's spelled with a C, but she goes by Kate, and Kate is spelled with a K. Oh, hmm. 
So, I mean, she she jokingly yells at her mom and says, if you were going to call me Kate with a K, why couldn't you name me <laughs> Catherine with a K? Because, you know, we all always expect her email address to be K and then her last name and it's C and then her last name. So, you know, um, she jokes about that a lot, but hers is spelled with a C and her nickname is with a K. So okay. it could be either way. I think C is the more traditional spelling that we would have expected at that time. Okay. So we will go with that. She was married and she had a ton of children, uh, like a lot of people did back then. Her husband did die before her. So this great, great, great granddaughter claims the story started up in the 60s because the church closed up due to needing work. According to this family member, Katie died peacefully in 1899 at the age of 86, 87, around that time frame. Uh, sure. And there are a lot of pictures on the internet of this church, obviously, because it is a local war and people do travel. And you could tell that it was like super dilapidated at one point. I don't know when the renovation happened, but it looks like a cute little quaint church. I don't know if you can see the pictures. I did attach them to the bottom yeah, of the Yeah, I'm looking at that picture and it's like bright white. Like it, mm -hmm. it's very cute. Yeah, but there are definitely some other ones. And I don't think that the vandalism helped with that dilapidated oh, look as sure. well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So if you are from the area, the great, great, great granddaughter says that author Chris Leviak Michaels is gathering pictures and information regarding the history and anecdotes surrounding the church's 140 year legacy. If you have any material that can help her in this book, she does have an email, though, thanks to Sarah's help again, I figured out that this website was like last updated in 2017. So I'm like really not sure if she's looking still for information. I haven't I tried to look up that author couldn't really find much at all. But her email is actually linked on this um, archive, uh, the outhouse out and about. And that's one that we will also have linked. So I guess if you did live in the area and have stuff, you could email it to her. But like, I don't know if that is an active email or not. And maybe I shouldn't post it. I'm not sure. We'll post the link to the website. Um, it is the it'll be the last link on our list of sources. Um, it's a web archive link. And if you do have anything, you can check out the contact information there. Um, so that if you do want to try to provide anything, you can attempt to reach them that way. And then if it doesn't work, I'm sure it would just bounce back to you. And they still yeah, have so. it online. So yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, it's a web archive. Oh. So it's not an active well, website. Don't listen to me. <laughs> well, I also noticed something else. I noticed that um, I went back to look after I talked to Sarah about that earlier, and all the comments that this family member did all stopped in 2017, even though, like, um, conversations still happen on other blog posts. She stopped posting hmm. about it, which I thought was interesting, but. She also has contact information on that website as well. Okay. So, like, and I'm pretty sure she's the one that runs the Katie's Church Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Okay. It's her or a cousin. I forget which one, but I know. Okay. But like I said, they it has not been active since this year. Okay. So, but on this website, May says that um, all the proceeds that they would get if they did come up with this book about Katie's church, it would be going to Katie's church preservation fund, I guess, because like, I know it needed a lot of work and 
from the sounds of it, they're not meeting each week. So that means like offerings aren't happening each week, which sure. And like that stuff costs money. Like times are not getting easier. So there's that. And like I said, there's a Facebook post called Katie's church, but it seems like they're the only ones that post. It doesn't seem like a lot of people out to like, for all that local lore stuff doesn't seem to post in there, which I thought was also kind of strange. Like I thought more people would be posting in there asking questions or posting pictures, but there's not, but there are a lot of blog posts about it, like a ton. So if you're interested, there's a ton of pictures, a ton of like stories. I didn't really want to give them all credit because a lot of people said that they broke in and that's not something I want to talk about. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. But you can all of them say like crazy things like they saw this, they saw that they claim that their car stopped working when they were there, you know, trying to look for stuff. So who knows? But there's a lot of quote unquote sightings or paranormal stuff that happened. But I just didn't want to talk about all of them because a lot of them were probably done illegally. Sure. And that is the local or urban legend of Katie's Church. That's all we have for this episode of Keystone Cold Cases Podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victim, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by Chelsea Brown. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. See music and production assistance from Darren Megans. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.